Welcome to Tribe Talk, where we focus on the topics that will help you improve your mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. I'm Dr. Elena Villanueva, and helping people improve their mental health is my passion. I'm Ann Hutira, and nutrition is my passion. Together, we invite you to be a part of our tribe and learn how addressing the root causes of your symptoms can bring you improved health and wellness. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the next hour of Tribe Talk. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's Tribe Talk. We are super excited to have a special expert with us today who just so happens to be one of our coaches at the Modern Holistic Health team. So I really want to introduce you today to one of my favorite people in the world. Her name is Stacy Loop, and she is our yoga breath therapist, and she really does amazing work when it comes to teaching people how to connect their breath to their movement. Uh, to change the physiology of the body and bring you out of fight or flight and bring you into a state of calm. And who doesn't need that right now? Um, you know, she, she's actually going to uh, not only answer some questions about how this type of therapy works uh, and how it can benefit people, but uh, we have a special surprise and she's actually going to take you through a, a shortened version of an interactive session today. So thank you so much, Stacy, for making the time. We're super excited to have you here with us today. It's always a pleasure to be with my team. I love seeing you and it's such an honor to reach a larger audience this way. So thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. We are, we are super excited. You know, at, at Modern Holistic Health, we are educators and, and, you know, we want to reach as many people as we can and empower people, put, put the power of their health and their health decisions back into their hands. And so, you know, Tribe Talk is a super, super important uh, uh, podcast that, that is, you know, near and dear to Anne's heart and to my heart. You know, it gives us an opportunity to build a bigger platform, to give people a voice, people who have, uh, you know, really important information to share with others that can help them in their health journey. So uh, why don't we start with uh, telling, telling us a little bit about your journey into yoga and what attracted you to yoga classes? Okay, thanks for asking me that question. Um, my professional background is as a special education teacher. So you can imagine that involved a lot of stress and dealing with a lot of different behavioral management aspects of working with kids with neurotypical issues. So back in my 20s, this is back in my 20s and I'm not there anymore. <laughs> Um, I found yoga. Someone sent me, gave me a gift certificate for a Christmas gift to a small yoga studio in Austin that had just opened. And I said, I always wanted to try yoga. Let me go see what this is about. And um, I started going every week to, at the time, they were Kundalini yoga classes. And that's a specific type of yoga. Um, I started to notice that my stress level was going down. It was something that I looked forward to. I liked working with the breath. Um, that's something that felt familiar to me because I also like to swim and I like to go under the water and swim, not just on top. But um, I quickly saw that I was able to relax a little bit more and I 
fell in love. That was in 1997. So what is that, 23 years ago? And because I'm such a social person, I also started to invite all of my teacher friends. Um, so it became, at the time, it became very social for me and we'd kind of giggle our way through some of the songs and whatnot. They had a certain song they would do in Kundalini yoga. Um, and over the years, you know, people come and go in the yoga scene, but it truly has been a lifelong, in my adult life, love affair. Um, when I first started, I noticed that, you know, there were a lot of things that my body couldn't do. I was quite a bit younger then, but there is definitely movements that I couldn't make, breaths that didn't feel accessible. So I really just had to surrender to, this is where I am right now, and I'm going to go on this journey and see what happens. So that's how I got started. You know, Stacey, after, after 23 years of yoga, I can see why you fell in love with it. It's, it's really, you get used to being in that place of quiet and calmness. And you've touched on some of the, some of the things you've experienced over the years. But what are, what are the benefits that you would say over that length of time doing yoga that you've really experienced in your life? Okay. Thank you, Anne. That's a great question, too. Um, that I want to answer in four parts. Because when we look at yoga, and for those of you that got to watch last week's Tribe Talk with my primary teacher, Gary Crasso, he said yoga is an ancient art and science of looking at the human condition on a multidimensional level. So what does that mean? I'll tell you the benefits that I've received, so I can only speak for myself. Um, so I'm going to start with structure, structurally. When I first started, and I was starting to go there, um, I could not bend over and touch my toes. I could not <laughs> do recline pigeon. Um, yet there were people in their 50s and 60s that could easily access and move the joints in their body, whereas I had very limited range of motion at the time. And if you take in the mindset where you're comparing yourself to others, that's a recipe for suffering. Really, you just want to meet yourself where you are. So, of course, it didn't take long um, before I became more flexible. I already had quite a bit of flexibility in my body. Um, that's just the way I'm made. I have a, more of a hyperligamentous condition of the body. So what I needed to work on was a little bit of flexibility, but a lot of strength and stability. And where I am now, you know, I'm in my 50s, a little bit in those 50s, just a little bit, is I can move so freely. I um, move with fluidity. And when I do get injured, I destabilized my sacrum a few years ago. I know what to do to bring it back into neutral and start the healing process and how to create circulation in the body so that the tissues start to heal. Um, so structurally, I've improved my range of mobility. I'm stronger and more flexible. I'm in balance. Um, I move with, you know, freeness. Then an even more important piece is on the physiological level. So when I was born, I 
was susceptible to a lot of respiratory illness. Why? The doctors told my mom that the cilia in the cilia in the lungs um, was adult size and it wasn't cleaning those inner rhythms weren't moving correctly and it wasn't clearing and cleaning uh, the mucus and the bacteria and the viruses that you know come in through the breath and um, our exposure to things and so I had to spend a lot of years um, sickly so I had to take a lot of antibiotics to get over respiratory infections um, a big one was tetracycline and I did not really have a strong respiratory system right I could swim I could go into the water but it seemed like every year maybe twice a year I would get sick with respiratory illness so since I've been in this 23 year da, 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 long time process of practicing yoga and studying yoga, my respiratory system and immune system is functioning completely differently. So my breath capacity is quite deep. You know, this takes time to build that. And, you know, when we can breathe better, we feel better overall, like our nervous system changes. And so I would say like, that's a huge piece of, of what the benefits have been for me. So those are two dimensions. The third dimension is mentally, right? The way we view life, the way we see life, it's kind of like if you put a kaleidoscope up and you look through it, you see a certain pattern or you see what you've been programmed to believe. Yoga teaches us to stabilize that viewfinder through the practice of attention because yoga is really the science of the mind. We work the body, we work the breath to change the way we see things and we stabilize the viewfinder. And so it's literally like as problems arise, right? It isn't that you get rid of your problems. You're like, yeah, I'm problem free now. No, the problem still exists. It's the way you put that kaleidoscope up and turn it just a little bit so that what you see changes, right? Those obstacles change and life becomes more inspiring and beautiful which then in turn leads to the fourth dimension of the self which is the emotional layer and the ability to live with more vitality and joy so over time as you practice you become that thing you become joy right you become vitality so that's a long answer to a great question and just to demonstrate you know, structurally, physiologically, mentally, sustaining focus, and emotionally and changing the way that you view life. I love that analogy of the kaleidoscope. I think that's spot on. That's perfect. I know when I first started doing yoga, that was the first thing I noticed for my own personal benefits was I was just, I was so much more calm. I looked at things a little bit differently. I didn't allow myself to get worked up over things that were small things. So I love how you explain that, Stacey. Talk a little bit about what some of the tools of yoga are. Okay. So I want to just comment on what you just said, that this is why they call it a yoga practice, because 
um, they don't call it yoga perfection, right? Like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm perfect. I'm going to achieve perfection. That's not it. So it's a practice, Anne, and, and you notice what, you know, it held the mirror up for you to see like, okay, here I have some patterns and those patterns are always going to be there. But if you go to your mat and I do it every day, I mean, every now and then I'll miss a day, but not very often. And it took me a while to get to that level where I could practice so independently. Um, but when you go to your mat and practice a little bit of breath centric movement, so a little bit of breath and movement every day, you start to um, change your patterning. So our patternings in yoga are called samskaras. They're like a scar. They leave an imprint. So there's this conditioning. But if you go to your practice every day and breathe a little bit and slow your movement down, you start to establish new patterning, right? Because I bet when you notice that you haven't been doing your yoga practice, what happens? Absolutely. All those little habits and ways of looking at things come right back. So you're absolutely you're just right. like friends waiting around the corner <laughs> for the party. Hey, <laughs> come pick us up. What about us? Right? So it really is about practice, practice, consciously linking the breath to the movement, um, which then changes the kaleidoscope. Yeah. Right? Okay. So the tools of yoga, what tools do you know? Well, I know the, the tools everyone probably knows, like the mat and, you know, all the physical things that you take to class that you need to actually help your body get into these different movements and places. But I'm sure there are others. Yeah, that, that, I love that you said that. So I can provide a little bit of clarity there. Um, you're thinking of tools as the actual, like, the blanket, yeah. the bolster, the mat, the blocks, the strap. So that our body can, you know, use your blocks to bring the floor up to you in case you can't fold all the way over and <laughs> touch the floor. Um, so those are one form of tools. And then according to the ancients, there's tools of yoga. And yoga is like this huge umbrella. And Gary talked a little bit about this last week where um asanas that's just one small tool of yoga so those are your movements or shapes that you put your body in okay that's one tool and in the tradition that i've studied in we use the postures as containers for breath so i'm going to say that again that's really important we use the postures as containers for the breath so if you're in a twist you know it's a little harder to breathe but you can really see like how well your breath is progressing and your respiratory system is progressing by different shapes that you come into and your ability to expand against the constriction right um so that's one tool another tool is pranayama and gary talked a little bit about that too last week this is the ancient art and science of breath control, including breath techniques and ratios. So it's quite complex. It's taken me years of study to understand, to um, 
and really understand, that's how I can teach it so well, is to understand the effects on my own system. You're truly developing that um, sense of interioception, the inner GPS, the understanding of what's going on from the inside out. So asanas, pranayama, and then third is sound. <clears throat> so think about sound in um, how many of you get in the shower and sing, right? So you get in the shower and you sing and you're da, 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 you know, all of a sudden this energy starts to flow. So we know, or you put that song on in the car and you sing along and next thing you know, you're tapping your foot and your, your mood has changed maybe for the better. It <laughs> depends on what you're listening to. <laughs> so sound, um, the ancients knew that sound had a great impact on the body. And we use chanting, mantras, although I speak in Sanskrit, um, I don't necessarily do that with clients. The clients have to be open to that because it's only powerful if it has meaning for you. So I may change a word to an English translation. So instead of shraddha, which means faith and confidence, shraddha, I might just say, faith and confidence, right? So it, I adapt depending on who's in front of me and what resonates with them because this is really an important concept. And then finally, um, the fourth tool is meditation, which a lot of people think, I do yoga, but I don't do meditation. <laughs> I do meditation, but I don't do yoga. In reality, Yoga is a meditation practice by nature. Mm -hmm. So meditation, so the way this works in the ancient tradition was breath-centric postures prepared the breath, right? Because we can start to breathe a little bit better when we've moved our body and unzipped some of the tightness, right? And so now we work with pranayama and we work with the breath and that prepared the mind and then there's different levels of attention within meditation. And depending on what you meditate on, right, there's different ways to meditate. Um, you're taking in the nourishment and nutrients of the concept. You could be meditating on the directional flow of the breath, which we'll have an experience with today. Um, so those are all tools of yoga. And those things you were talking about, Anne, we call those props. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That's really awesome. Um, you know, I heard you mention, you know, about your training that it took you, you know, years to learn some of these different aspects. Can you speak to the level of training that you've gone through, uh, you know, to become a certified yoga therapist? And, and I'm speaking, um, in regards to the particular institute that I went through, which is the American Vinny Yoga Institute, Gary Kratzow. Um, let me think here. In 2003, so I started my first yoga class and walked into my first yoga class in 1997. 
which had a profound impact on me. It became something more than just, hey, let's go to yoga class <laughs> with my friends. That was all good. It was my doorway in. That's fine. Um, in 2003, I took my first 200-hour uh, yoga teacher training, and that was locally here in Austin. And after I finished that, I realized I did, I did, it just scratched the surface, right? I was like, okay, I know enough to be dangerous, but I want to know more. I want, I really want to do right by people. I want to do right by me and my practice. And I want to be able to walk into a classroom and just hear what the requests are and be able to sequence things like quickly on the spot um, versus like a routine. So like, for example, a lot of people will teach and do sun salutations. That is not how I teach. It's more, let me listen, let me see who's in front of me. Let me work with, okay, a lot of people have low back, sacrum, hip issues, upper back, neck, shoulder, jaw issues, balance issues. Let me put it together on the spot, just open my file cabinet and go. So because I wanted to do that and I wanted to be safe with people, I enrolled in 2006 in my American Vinny Yoga Institute to complete the first 500 hours of teacher training. So that was called Foundations. That's where we learn, you know, I spent two years learning how to sequence safely for people so that um, I was careful with people and making sure I was not creating harm in their body. As you can imagine, that's so individual for people. So this tradition um, and this school was really about learning those four major tools of yoga and how you can, you know, how you can teach effectively and safely. Then 11 years went by and I taught and I trained teachers at the local studio where I worked and did hundreds of privates. But even more importantly, I developed a really strong personal practice. That involved me um, working with a mentor. His name is Chase Bossart uh, of Yoga Well Institute, who has also studied in the same lineage, which is TKV Desikachar. Um, really helped me, you know, I didn't just make up my own stuff. I would talk to him about what's going on with me, what are my thought processes, how am I looking through the kaleidoscope, where am I stuck, what are my, you know, what are my stories I'm telling myself? And he put together a practice that progressed with me as my priorities changed. So that happened over that 11-year period where I was teaching and working. And then in 2018, I went back and started my clinical yoga therapy uh, certification, which I just graduated in May of 2020, um, and that was all about, okay, now you know these tools of yoga, you will apply them, and we'll study, so the first of the four modules was on structural health, anything that can go wrong <laughs> with structural health, which I know, Dr. B, you know a lot about that, right? 
And um, then what can go, what are the main things with physiological symptoms? Anywhere, you know, we studied cardiac arrhythmia, hypertension, Parkinson's disease, um, cancer, diabetes. I mean, a lot of topics and we had to look at them medically and then we had to learn the yoga, the ancient Vedic tradition of how to help someone manage any of these things, right? Then we went into mental and emotional health and we had to learn all of the diagnoses and what the symptoms look like for ADHD, bipolar, anxiety, panic disorder, depression, others. And what is the tradition? What does the tradition say? And how do you work with someone that's suffering, right? And we know that they're suffering, you know, they could be having anxiety, but they're suffering also on a structural level because their upper back, neck, shoulder, jaws are tight. They're not sleeping. That's a physiological piece. And then finally, um, we looked at um, we looked at women's health, men's health, and also supporting someone and understanding the end of life processes. So that it was a long, it was a lot of work, countless hours of homework. Um, you had to have at least you had to have two hundred hours of client time, private sessions. Um, it was quite the process, and I'm so glad, <laughs> as awesome as it is, and learning is great, um, I'm also glad to be, like, a little free. <laughs> so that was my journey of uh, training to become a yoga therapist. I'm, I've stepped into what I believe I was meant to do in this lifetime. That's my svadharma. <clears throat> I believe you have, too. Um, just, you know, knowing you throughout the years now and you know getting to see what you're passionate about and and uh and how much that you you know desire to help people um and and seeing the results that you get uh you know with our clients um and and your other outside clients i mean it's just like the stories are absolutely amazing you know you were the one who introduced me to you know connecting movement to breath and how that can change physiology and and I've just been amazed at even some of the science that I've seen when I've gone, you know, when I've taken the initiative to actually go to some of these more scientifically based yoga uh, um, uh, seminars to hear from, you know, doctors around the world who have actually taken physiological measurements, you know, before and after um, of, uh, of individuals and of groups of individuals and watch how their physiology changes when they are, you know, consistent in doing their practice. It's just, it's super powerful. And, uh, and so we're really excited uh, for you to show us just a little example. We know that, you know, it, you know, whenever you're teaching someone, you know, th that, you know, you actually can go like well over an hour. Um, and that once people get down their practice, their specific practice that you design for them, that, that they can easily, you know, also go for, you know, for a longer period of time. Um, but today you're going to give us a starting point for working with breath, something that's just kind of a little introduction, kind of to let everybody give it a try and just kind of jump in and see what it feels like and how they feel afterwards. Uh, so we're super excited for you to just jump in and um, for all of you who are listening and joining, um, you know, if you don't already have some 
uh, you know, loose clothing, um, you know, be sure that, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, just, uh, um, you know, pop this on pause. If you're listening to the recording later, just pop this on pause, go and change into something comfortable. If you have a yoga mat, great. If you don't, that's okay too. You can use a towel and, uh, Stacy, I'm just going to go ahead and, and give it over to you and let you take everyone through just, you know, 15, 20 minutes of, of an example of this type of work and what it can do for them. Okay, sounds good. Um, so I'll lead you through a very short breath-centric practice. That means the postures and the movement, um, the breath really is in that movement. It's not an afterthought. You're really putting those two things together. And usually in the beginning when I teach this, people can move. The movement's over here. And then the breaths over here, and they're, and the, but there's not a marriage of the two together. So we, you know, this will get easier over time. Expect to kind of be like, what? But over time, these two things come together and they become breath-centric, integrated practice. This is the practice of mindfulness. You want it to be integrated. So this is just kind of a general um, just about anybody can do this unless you have trouble getting up and down to the floor. So I want to say that I could teach this whole thing in a chair, but for today's purposes, I, I will just show you some things you can do and, um, and then I'll lead you through it. You'll see me do like do a little sample and then to, you know, demo something and then I'll say, and now do this and that like a certain amount of times. But this is a starting point for moving and working with your breath. And then eventually we'll come up to standing. We'll do something with balance. And then we will just sit and follow, like start to become interiorized, right? That interioception with the breath and gradually lengthen that breath. And we're going to watch the directional flow of the breath. So this is what we're going to do, okay? First posture. So you have paused now. And I'm it, it will take a little bit of me adjusting things here and there. But I'm going to show you the first. Let's actually let's start with this. So <clears throat> sit up on something like your couch or a chair, and you want to make sure that your feet are firmly rooted on the ground and that your spine is lengthening and you're not leaning back into something, right? And you can put your hands on your thighs. I'm gonna bring mine up to here so you can see my hands, but you can imagine if they were on my thighs. And then I'm just gonna open up the palm like this and really stretch out my fingers and then close the palm like that. And then I would do the other side. So, Take your hand, stretch it out. That probably feels good if you've been sitting on the computer and then bring the fingers back in. So now let's take a breath in and see if we can open the palm on the breath. So go ahead and breathe out, exhale fully, and then inhale and open up the palm on the breath. Breathe through your nose and exhale, close the fingers slowly. Okay, 
Breathing through the nose is what we want to do, but if you have a condition like asthma or anything that may block um, the airways, you can breathe through pursed lips, and that's okay. All right, let's do the other hand. Take a breath in. Open up the fingers slowly, really stretch, and exhale, bring the fingers in slowly. Simple, but it still requires mindfulness. Now let's do both hands. Inhale, open up the palms slowly, stretch through those fingers, breath, exhale. And now close your eyes and try that. Inhale, open the palms slowly, let your breath be synced in with that movement. And then exhale, close the fingers slowly, feel the breath. And that's a, just a tiny little thing you can do just about anywhere, maybe not while you're driving, <laughs> not while you're asleep. It's the simplest of things to get started. First posture today. This is a pose called the knee to chest pose. And I'm gonna come on down to my mat and show you this. So first of all, when you get on your mat and you're going to your back, you may notice I didn't just flop. <laughs> straight back. I'm coming to my side first and then to my back, which is a little bit better um, back health care. I'm going to lift one leg, put my hand on the knee or behind it, lift the other leg and put the hand on the knee or behind it. Okay, so I'm going to do it like, I'm going to do it like this today. This gives me a little more space to breathe. Then I'm going to inhale and move my thighs away from my body. And as I exhale, pull the navel in and bring the thighs back in towards the body. So I'm not pushing or pulling, I'm working with my breath. Breathing in, thighs move away. Breathing out, thighs come back in. So now I'm gonna do it without talking. So now continue that and do that three more times. Inhale, let your thighs move away from your body. Your arms will straighten. Exhale, pull your navel in and let those thighs come back in towards your body. Two more times. Inhale, thighs move away from the body. Exhale, thighs come back in towards the body. So I'm not pushing, I'm not pulling. Inhale, thighs move away. Exhale, thighs come back in towards the body. Draw the belly in. And then put one foot down on the ground and then the other. Okay, so that was a little something to stretch out the low back. It also works with your physiology. It works with your digestion, lower digestive organs. The next pose we're going to do is like a little bit of a bridge pose. It's called Dwi Padapitam. I love to say that. <laughs> so if you have a yoga block, this can be helpful. Um, <clears throat> so here, I'm putting the block between the thighs. I'm stacking my knees over the heels. And I'm going to lift up 
On the inhale, just lift up a little bit. Notice I don't come up too high. And then as I exhale, pull the belly in and roll the spine down. I'm squeezing in. So let's do it together. Inhale, press through the feet. Lift your hips. Lift your low back a little bit. And then exhale and pull your belly in and come back down. Okay. Now let's do this with no breath. Lift <laughs> and come back down. It's different. It's very different. So let's try this again. Inhale here. Now stay there and exhale. Pull your navel in. Inhale, sweep that right arm up and back. Exhale, now we're coming down and the hand's gonna land with the hip. Good, we'll do that on the other side. Breathing in, lift your hips, lift your low back, stay there and exhale. Breathe in, let your left arm go up and back. And now we're going to exhale and pull the navel in and roll the spine back down. Okay, we'll do that one more time on each side. Inhale, lift, hips to the back. Stay there and exhale. We're going to pull our navel towards our spine. Inhale, right arm goes up and back. And now exhale all the way back down. Last one on the left arm side. Inhale here. Stay there and exhale. Inhale, left arm goes up and back. Stretch from palm to palm. And now exhale, roll back down. Breathing the movement, come all the way down. Stay there, take a resting breath. And now we're going to come up to our hands and our knees. So this is where we need a yoga tool <laughs> or a prop of um, supporting our knees. And again, these can all be done from a chair. Um, I'm not teaching it that way today. So I'm going to show you this. You want to stack your shoulders over your wrists your hips right over your knees, and then you're up on this blanket to where your shins are completely padded. I'm gonna do the movement first so you can watch, and I'm gonna do this without talking so that you can see. So I'm inhaling. And coming forward, I'm lifting the chest away from the belly. And now I'm going to exhale and rock my hips back. Bring my forearms down and round down over the legs. You may have to widen your knees so you can breathe well. Inhale, come forward. So go ahead and come along with me. Lift the chest from the belly. I'm up like a tabletop. And now I'm going to exhale, rock back. Bring my forearms down and round down over the legs. Inhale, lead from the chest. Come forward. If you run out of breath, keep breathing. Exhale, now here I go. Rock, I'm gonna tilt my pubic bone towards my belly 
and round down over those legs. We'll do this two more times. Inhale, come forward. Lift your chest. Flatten that upper back. Exhale, here we go. We're rocking, tilting the pelvis, rounding down. One more time. Breathing in. Now, if I'm already out of breath, just keep breathing. Take another breath. Exhale, rock, tilt, round on down there. Get those shoulders down towards the knees and stay there. Widen your knees and be sure you're taking that conscious deep breath best you can. Now we're going to come up and we're going to come to standing. So I may have to adjust my screen a little bit here. Um, so take a look at my feet and my, you want your feet, you want to take your hands here to where the femur bone comes up and inserts into the hip. And then you track your feet directly below. So that's the position of the feet. And what we're going to be doing is lifting our heels. So if you can see that I'm lifting up my heels a little bit and then bringing the heels back down. So we're going to be lifting our heels, sweeping our arms, staying on the exhale, and then lifting our heels and coming all the way up. So that's the position of my feet, but now I'll move the camera so you can see more of my upper body. <laughs> and I don't want my head cut off of this, all right. So put your feet in position. We'll work first with just moving the arms. Take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. And then inhale, don't balance yet, just bring your arms up to halfway. Stay there, breathe out, pull your belly in. And then inhale and sweep your arms up all the way, or you can keep them back here. And then exhale, breathe out and bring them back down. Okay, so remember what I said when we were first learning this, Here's the movement, here's the breath. They're not married yet. They're catching a glimpse of each other for the first time. They haven't fallen in love and gotten married yet or dated, <laughs> but they're trying to learn. They're trying to learn how to weave together. All right, so let's do this again. Exhale fully, inhale, bring your arms to halfway. Stay there and exhale. Inhale, bring the arms up all the way. Exhale, bring the arms back down. Okay, now we're gonna do this with a little bit of balance. If you wanna stay flat on your feet, that's perfectly fine, okay? So inhale and exhale completely. Inhale, lift your heels, sweep up your arms to halfway. Stay there and exhale. Inhale, lift from your chest, sweep your arms up all the way, and now exhale, come all the way back down. And we'll do that one more time. Inhale, come up halfway, so you lift your heels a little bit. Stay there and exhale. Inhale, come up all the way, lift your ribs vertically, and now exhale all the way back down. And now this time, I'm gonna ask you to stay up in position for just three breaths, three deep breaths. 
Inhale and exhale completely. Also find to stay flat on your feet. Inhale, come up, halfway. Stay there and exhale. Inhale all the way up now and stay right here and take three deep breaths. So inhale, lift your chest up and away from the belly. Lift your ribs up vertically. Exhale, pull your belly in, back in towards your spine. Do it again, two more breaths. Inhale, lift your ribs up vertically. Exhale, pull the navel in. And one more time, inhale, lift the chest, lengthen your spine, and now exhale, here we go, back down. Close your eyes. Take a resting breath. In fact, take two resting breaths. And then come on back to where you started when we were just opening and closing the palms on the breath. And sit down and take a look at your camera. Let me show you, let me guide you through this. So when we breathe in, the breath moves no matter what, no matter if we bring awareness to our belly first, the breath moves in and goes down. That's its directional flow, no matter what. When we exhale, the breath moves up and back out of the system. So we're gonna work with following the directional flow of breath. It's a great starting place to work with breath. So go ahead and let your eyes close because you really don't need to see me now. In fact, I want you to tune into that inner GPS, that interioception of the body and that ability to sense what's going on. Make sure your feet are um, firmly on the ground and that your spine is lengthening. You're not leaning back whatsoever. Your spine is straight up so that you can breathe deeply. Your eyes are closed. You start to tune into your breath and you notice, inhale, everything's expanding, exhale. The lungs are deflating, the rib cage comes back in. Inhale, notice if your chest begins to expand a little bit. Imagine your rib cage expanding. And exhale, pull the belly in when you exhale. Now, while you're working on your breath, um, I want you to find a pace that's really comfortable for you. So I'm gonna lead a little bit and then I'll pull back and be quiet and I want you to find what works for you, including breathing through the lips if you need to. So we take a breath in and a breath out and close your eyes and notice the on inhale, how the breath moves in and down. Then as you exhale, go ahead and draw your navel toward your spine slowly and the breath's gonna move, the direction is up and out. Let's do that again, inhale, breathe. Follow the directional flow of that beautiful breath. And exhale smoothly and slowly and follow the directional flow. So I'm gonna be quiet now and I want you to take three deep breaths where you follow, see if you can track the directional flow of your breath. 
When the mind wanders, bring it back to the breath. Inhale, the directional flow is in and down. And exhale, the directional flow is up and out. Let this be your homework assignment for the week. Whenever you can think of it, just, you know, do a little bit of breath and movement, including if you're sitting at your computer <laughs> and your spine, you have this kind of forward thrust thing going on, stop, sit or stand up, take your hands like this, breathe in, separate those two, squeeze your shoulder blades together, and then exhale, bring your hands towards each other. Do that a few times, open and close the palms. You could do the itsy bitsy spider <laughs> and follow that directional flow of breath. That's your homework assignment. So this concludes the interactive portion of this Pride Talk today. Stacey, that was fantastic. Thank you so much for that. And I know there's bits and pieces here that people can take and use throughout their day, like you mentioned, or this is a great beginning place to start with the daily practice. I mean, that was 20 minutes. Anybody could easily do that on a daily basis to get into the habit of doing a lot that you talked about. It's wonderful. Yeah, thank you. It doesn't have to be fancy to call it yoga. It's how it's done. It's the approach. It's the methodology. Absolutely. And you know, you shared a, you shared a quote with us. And so I want you to share it with everyone and, and kind of tell us what you think about this. Yoga can be a place of self-discovery, not just a place of recovery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so in my experience of teaching and working privately with students, a lot of people, you know, people come to yoga for all kinds of reasons, but in general, they kind of slide into place with sore bodies, um, structural issues, joint inflammation, spinal issues, uh, you know, and so, and their, and their inability, or I think everyone has the ability to, I would say, misperception of how to deal with stress. And so there's an unhealthy relationship there and it's literally wearing them out. So they come into yoga and they, they want to rest, they want to deep breathe, and they want that place for quiet to unplug, to recharge. And um, really over time, you know, that's fine. That's a great place to start and that's a great reason to go. Over time, these deeper practices with breath and, and working with meditation and understanding your dysfunctions, right, um, can be transformed into a place of discovery. So it's not just that yoga is like, you know, I'm going to go recover. That's great. But it's, it's even more importantly to be used as a place to discover who you really are. And I'm talking about your authentic self, your true nature, um, really kind of deconditioning our patterns, right? And bringing in patterns that where we start to function in a way that truly serves us.
And when we do that, when we have clarity, we can live from a place that offers us vitality and joy. That's what my real purpose is in this lifetime, Dr. B, is I'm meant to spread the joy. That's who I am. And that's true empowerment. And who doesn't need um, more, more doses of joy in their life? You know, I think that I think that, you know, we need to learn how to harness our power and we need to learn how to find our joy and how to, you know, um, and how to discover and be able to listen to ourselves and understand what it is that we need. We have the answers inside, but so many people just don't know how to connect with themselves. They, they just really are so disconnected from themselves. And, um, and I just want to thank you for, for the work that you do. That's, that's, you know, this is why we have you as a part of our team so that you can help heal people. And we understand that, that there are so many facets to healing, uh, you know, for, for the, you know, human body and mind and soul. And we need to address it. We need to address it from all, all the different facets and, and, uh, you know, and you're one big piece of that puzzle for helping people heal. And we appreciate everything you do. We love you so much. And we can't wait to, to have you back again. Maybe we can do another interactive soon. Uh, and, uh, you know, that would be great. But for all of you who joined us today, Thank you so much for uh, taking care of yourself. Thank you so much for taking the time to empower yourself and learn how you can take yourself down this you know, road to health and share Tribe Talk with your friends and, uh, and be sure and check our emails. We've got a lot of really great uh, masterclasses and summits coming up that are super, super relevant, uh, you know, to your health and your healing journey. So thank you so much. And we will see you next week. Thank you.